it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Six Rings Post Game Show. Breaking down everything Patriots. Now, here's Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. And the Patriots have won it. A nail-biter to the last play, 15-10. And let's go to James Brown in the studio. Well, 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 well. The Patriots will not go winless in 2023. And boy, was that one a lot closer than it should have been. I don't know about you folks, but I was sweating that one out right to the very finish. A Hail Mary ends up as a Fail Mary from old pal and likely the player of the game for both the Jets and especially the New England Patriots. Zach Wilson just evading the hands, the fingertips of Randall Cobb in the end zone. The Patriots unable to put the Jets away time and time and time again in the fourth quarter. But yet they're able to get the 15-10 to 10 victory. New England now moves to 1-2 and two on the season. And the Jets drop to 1-2 and two on the season as well. This is the Six Rings postgame show live on WEEI and all across the WEEI Sports Radio Network. You can join the two-way Pats Talk Party at 617-779-7937. There's your telephone number. The socials at FitzyGFY at WEEI. And at Jumbo Hart, Andy Hart will be joining me in moments here on the postgame show as well. And, of course, 37937, there's your text line if you would like to weigh in with some digital thoughts as well. During the course of the show, things could get a little weird. Uh, things were a little weird down in the Meadowlands today as well in the rain with the Patriots seemingly going box to wire, yet somehow unable to actually close or put their foot on the throats of the Jets to the very end. Uh, we may have to throw back to the Red Sox at some point. Uh, so this is sort of the Six Rings postgame show, Sox Talk Rain Delay edition, but we're here with you as long as we possibly can be as well. We will take Bill Belichick, Patriots head coach, live whenever he steps to the podium for his first victorious postgame speech. We'll have Mac Jones live as well. And at some point during the show, we'll hear from our pal Christian Fourier, our beat reporter, Mike Cadlick, and of course you, again, 617-779-7937. Uh, Andy, do we have you on the program, sir? Yes, I've been here all along, Fitzy, there listening he is. very intently to you. There he is. Wow. How about that one, huh? 
Did you yeah. did you did you think that did you think it was going to go down like that? And thank you to everyone who's joining us currently all across the WEI Red Sox network. Andy, we are not just streaming live on the Odyssey app. We're not just on WEI in Boston or WEI.com. Everyone everywhere who carries Red Sox is getting a full dose of six rings right now. Did you sweat that one out the way that I did? Because it felt to me like Zach Wilson is as allergic to winning as the Red Sox were in the fourth quarter. Excuse me, rather. It was a very Red Sox effort by the Patriots in the fourth quarter, save for Matt Judon. seemed like the Patriots just did not want to put the Jets away on a day where the Jets were begging to just be rolled over and taken under. What was up with that fourth quarter? Yeah, I never had concern that the Patriots were going to lose until the ball deflected off of Randall Cobb's hands at the goal yeah. line. I was like, holy crap, they could lose. Uh, it, it passed very quickly. You're very fortunate to uh-huh. escape New York with a victory. I don't know if it'll be moral loss Monday. Um, I'll let the fans and some of the uh, big wig named radio programs on our Monday dial decide that. I do not know what to make of that game other than we said very simply all week it was a must-win game, and you won. You escaped. Mm-hmm. You got off the schneid, as Chris Berman would say. You have a win. You can start the ball in the other direction. There's a lot to like from that game, most of it on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to dislike from that game, a lot of it on the offensive side of the ball. And you certainly could not close the game out, and that is a concern. Those people that are looking for Mac and the offense to close out a game, even comeback fashion first two weeks, couldn't do it. Well, now you had the lead. The defense got the safety, gives you the ball back, and you continue to not be able to shut the door. Uh, so there's a lot to like and a lot to dislike from that victory, but in the end, it's a victory. Survive in advance. Exactly. It's funny you put it that way because it uh, it if, if we're to have moral victory Monday when the Patriots lose games that they stay in against quality teams potentially better teams as well but they just aren't able to squeak out the dub but hey guys here's what you should feel good about it does it it almost does pose the question should tomorrow be a a moral loss monday because the patriots were up 10 nothing then it goes 10 three uh a lot of long field can chat by the way chad ryland big leg do you think he'll ever get a chance to try a field goal from inside of 49 yards nope he's just a long distance specialist he's like a uh, power hitter in base just swing for the fences launch angle we don't need anything short they go up 10, they're up 10 nothing. It goes to 10-3 at halftime. Patriots run it up to 13-3, the score of Super Bowl 53, their last trip to, and victory in a Super Bowl. And it basically seems like the game is all but over. And I wondered, and I even asked aloud on the X, the Twitter, the socials, whatever you choose to call it, in the fourth quarter with about, oh, geez, I think it was maybe about like six minutes remaining, the Patriots had fourth and one at the Jet 46. And, Andy, I thought it was very curious a no-confidence vote in the efficiency or power of their offense that they chose to punt the ball at that particular point. Uh, Barringer punts it down. I think the Jets got it at the 13, so they'd have to go 87 yards for a touchdown. And lo and behold, Zach Wilson remembered that it's okay to throw the ball in two seconds or less on multiple occasions. The drive uh, ultimately ending with a one-yard touchdown plunge. There was a bit of a questionable call, and boy, the referees did not acquit themselves terribly well in this game, Andy. Uh, Miles Bryant gets called for defensive pass interference in the right corner of the end zone on Randall Cobb. Stupid play by Miles Bryant because he kind of shoves old man Cobb. Oh, he but, did not. But that was the, the flop, flop on I've Randall seen. Cobb the was Cobb legendary. You, make yeah, some t shirts. Make some t shirts, Fitzy. I know you got your little side business. The Cobb Randall flop. flop get the floppy Cobb. Abs, absolutely. Ooh, that was, boy, that was terrible. Bad. Terrible. I mean, that, Maybe that play karma. was as bad as the non-call in the first half in a game overall. Like in, as far as entertainment value goes, 
unless you were a Patriots or a Jets fan or just happened to be in love with the voice of Hello Friends, uh, Tony Romo, or the sideline reporting of Tracy Wolfson, where was the joy in this game in particular? Like That, that non-call, back to the officiating real quick, the non-call on the long play with Michael Carter in coverage on yeah. Pop Douglas in the second quarter, I mean, that's one of that's probably the worst non DPI call that I've seen since Nikel Roby Coleman in the NFC championship four and a half years ago. Well, now you're being typical Fitzy over dramatic. It was pass interference. It was not nearly it was as terrible. violent and obvious as that. Guy uh, smacked him in the face. They did, but it actually didn't affect him. And I don't know if the refs went with that. It was a sort of a weak slap, kind of bounced off. I think it should have been PI, but yeah. there was not a significant result from it of a reaction from DeMario Douglas. But, yeah, on the whole, I did not think the officials were very good uh, in both directions at various points in the game, missing calls, letting them play, not letting them play, flops here, the whole thing. But you know me. I think refs stink in all sports at all levels. So this was just another day that ends in Y for me watching officiating. Yeah, it was a a sloppy affair, to say the least. Uh, Offensively today, Mac Jones finishes 15 of 29, 201 yards and one touchdown pass. Didn't turn uh, it over. Nope, no turnovers. To, but that's an, a huge that's a huge thing. Like the Patriots are now one and zero in games where they don't turn the ball over. So obviously, you can tell they returned to the fundamentals and made that quite the point of emphasis this week. And it was a difficult game to hold your footing. It was probably a very difficult game to not turn the ball over to hold on to. There were obviously a lot of drop passes, a lot of slipsies, if you will. Uh, but Mac Jones does not turn the ball over today as well. Congratulations to you. If you had Pharaoh Brown touchdown on your Patriots at Jets bingo board, didn't see that one coming as well. Ezekiel Elliott leads the Patriots rushing attack. He actually looked pretty spry today, Andy. 16 carries for 80 yards. And yes, your leading receiver, Pharaoh Brown, two for 71. And a tutty. On the Jets side of the ball, Zach Wilson, 18 of 36 for 157 yards. And about a day and a half back in the pocket trying to decide who he wanted to throw the ball to, given the Patriots pass rush, which took a couple of hits in the second half with Devon Godshow and Daniel Equale ruled out from the game. Dalvin Cook was their leading rusher, 8 for 18 yards, so great job by the Patriots front seven today. And Garrett Wilson, their leading receiver, five receptions for 48 yards. Andy, I know at the end of every program we give out the Cars for Kids. That's Cars with a K, one eight seven seven cars for kids Player of the Game Award. I feel like doing it depending on what's going to happen with the Red Sox game, Red Sox review, and more. I want to give it out early, and then we can do it again at the end of the program. Zach Wilson was the best player on the field for the New England Patriots today. This guy is not ready to be an NFL quarterback. I don't care about his lateral movement, his quick feet, uh, the strong arm, the, quote, arm talent, as the evaluators and analysts like to say. He is not ready, and now I understand jet life, jet anger, jet frustration. He truly was the, the, he was the difference because if the Patriots, I mean, Hell, if they played Miami today. Have the Dolphins stopped scoring it, by the way? I think they had no. 70 last moment I looked. They're pretty good. Take the over. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Pretty good. Also, by the way, congratulations to us hitting on all of our uh, FanDuel bets, our FanDuel Sportsbook Bet of the Week. FanDuel, of course, the sponsor of the Six Rings podcast. I had Patriots under 19.5 points and Patriots under total points scored in the first half, under 18.5. And, and, of course, you had Patriots covering and the under in the game. So we went four for four. Hey, audience, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, I, he was easily, easily the best player on the field for both sides today. Uh, I, I think the Patriots in large part started out really smooth, really strong. They look well coordinated. They had a game plan. They were executing, but what happened in the second half? Would you chalk that up to 
sloppy play from the Patriots, a lack of aggression, or would you say that maybe New York adjusted to what the Patriots came in trying to do today? Well, I think they started to let Zach Wilson play a little bit. They were, we've talked about how I think Bill O'Brien has struggled at times with his play calling and his schemes because he's afraid of his offensive line and everything comes backwards from there and he wasn't comfortable. Everything was quick passes, line of scrimmage, that thing. I think the Jets, Nathaniel Hackett, is calling a game where he's afraid what his quarterback is going to do. And they're just running the ball, running the ball, throwing only when they... And then they started to throw a little bit earlier in situations. They obviously put together the long drive, 13-play drive, uh, after that punt. Which, by the way, I could not mm-hmm. disagree with you more. I think going for that fourth down would have been a fireable offense for Bill Belichick. Why would... Oh, okay, now, now just... Jets all, hadn't done all crap all day and... offensively. If you can't I stop know. them once, you don't deserve mm-hmm. to play. He had Zach Wilson had done nothing. The only way you give them a chance there is a long field goal or giving them the ball at midfield. You did exactly what you should have done, but for the first time all day, your defense gave up a drive. Yes, okay, your, your defense definitely was the best asset between the offense dominant. and special teams and the defense. It had been dominant to that point as well, but don't you at one point or another have to put a confidence vote in on your offense that, hey, we trust you, we trust the defense nope. to stop them if you guys don't get this. Showing we're confidence need you guys something to, that's not capable is We're going to need you guys to make some short yardage plays. We're going to need you guys to They're actually not convert when it counts. So you're just going to prove a point? We're going to run the ball, damn it, like we did that time with Steven Jackson in Miami? No, that's that was 19 lose. carries in the first play half of smart, the game when they had no stupid. offensive line play and to your an strengths. old man at running back. No, play to your strengths, not your weaknesses. You haven't but, been good in short yardage. But they, your, the your defense, defense was on the field dominant. the whole second half because the offense your was terrible in the second half. has been dominant. And Why they would got you tired. ever give the other team the ball at midfield? What, but Because you're telling me the Patriots can't get a fourth and one, then your offense sucks. Their offense, their short yardage offense has been terrible. How many times have we talked about second and ones, second and twos that end up in third and threes or third and ones? They can't pick them up. They're not converting at a great rate there. You replaced one of your offensive linemen in Cole Strange on the interior. I think that would have been one of the worst decisions Bill Belichick could have made. Also, a slap in the face to his defense that has kicked ass and taken names all season. And, and, what, all if he ha- and what if they had converted? What, what do you mean? What if, if they, they had stopped convert, them on would it have three been a slap to the What if they had stopped the them on three and out after the punt? We wouldn't be having this conversation. But they We're didn't. talking about what actually unfolded. You're second guessing. I'm saying your second guess to me is idiotic. I, okay, I just I'm I think saying that, that you're calling me idiotic is also no. asinine. Second guessing there is idiotic I, with what your you defense has done. You are allowed as a fan or an analyst or both to wonder why they made the decision they did. And I I'm with Bill rather, Belichick. Remember okay. last week when he I said, rather yeah, if I hadn't kicked it, it you would have said, why didn't I kick it? In this situation, if you ask him, why did you punt there? He goes, if I hadn't, you would ask me why I went for it there. I think this is a classic example of that. We look at the result, a 13-play scoring drive, and then make a decision. The decision at the time, to me, was dead-ass accurate. Uh, I didn't like it. That's okay. Opinions are like neighbors, toilets, and taxes. Everybody's got them. You're entitled to yours, just like I'm entitled to mine. So the some Patriots are right, often, some are wrong. And no, that's not true. That is, that's not how this works, Andrew. You can say the truth is a, the truth is never mean, but a lot of times you mistake truth for opinion. But that's okay. That's how you like to roll with you, and I do me. Also, the Patriots offense. The easiest right thing wrong, to agree with in the entire second half of the entire in the entire grand scheme of things is that the offense was wildly inefficient in the second half. The only points they get the early field goal in the third quarter. And then they get a safety late in the fourth quarter. Didn't necessarily love watching Matthew. I'm glad that Matthew Judon made the play that he made. Uh, but I also don't necessarily agree 
that you should be waving to the crowd saying goodbye because what you're basically, in essence, doing is saying, don't worry, our offense will take care of it. The Jets possess the ball from the time Matthew Judon, from the time Matt Judon made the safety in the end zone, the Jets still got the ball back two other times, two mm-hmm. other possessions. Because the offense I mean, the, couldn't shut the door. The op- very simple. offense couldn't do anything in the second half. Well, the offense couldn't do anything all day, basically. They had well, a they sneaky... They looked pretty good. To, they were okay to start. They were actually pretty... Like, the first couple drives, they were... I thought they were mediocre. You got a 58-yard touchdown or whatever the hell it was out of a blocking tight end. Otherwise, a blown you coverage. were porked. Yes. You uh-huh. were porked on this day offensively. Your offense left a lot to be desired. I still don't really know how they got up to 150 yards rushing. It was a sneaky, productive day on the ground. Thank you, Ezekiel Elliott, for giving some uh, burst to the run game because Ramondre Stevenson can... St- continues to struggle in that lead back superstar role um but no the offense was not good mac jones was not good there were one-off plays here here and there but i didn't think there was a lot of consistency i thought he was under pressure quinn and williams had three or four qb hits so that that's still part of the discussion of this offensive line whether it's the passing game or the running game but no you escaped new york because of a busted coverage on a blocking tight end who give him credit by the way he caught the ball and took it to the house for a blocking tight end, from behind. Like, that's that's impressive to me because I think there's times in the NFL on teams, whatever, where guys like that either drop the ball and you go, oh, he's the sickest man in America, or catch it but then get tackled and you don't end up scoring the touchdown. He he took it to the house. Some of his receivers could learn from that playmaking from the blocking tight end, Farrell Brown. There is zero chance anybody possibly would have ever thought that the difference maker in the game, that the one person to score a touchdown for the Patriots, would be Farrow Brown as well, but hey, this is how the many wild people knew he was on the team. Now, now I got Patriots how many fans. text messages did I get from friends saying who the f was that who just scored yep. the ball? I've never heard of this guy before. He He's was a the late Egyptian camp touchdown scorer. How um, how how late into the preseason did the Patriots add him? I feel like this was After almost cuts. like he was cut yeah. by the Colts. They added him to the practice squad, and then he's been Jeez. elevated to the the roster. Yeah, wow. no, he's been here less than a month. I believe it was like the 30th or something that he joined the practice squad, and today's the 20-something. He's been here three weeks, basically. Well, he's he been won here your for ass a game. Month. He did something nobody else on this team could do through the first two weeks, make a massive play to change the outcome of the game for the positive. He is your star of the game, star of the month, star of the week, star of whatever you want. Uh, I, I'll give him, if we're doing the hockey-style three stars, I'll probably give him second star. I'll give the defense on the whole, even with the 87-yard oh, odd absolutely. touchdown drive in the fourth quarter, I'll give the defense in the whole, especially guys like Christian Gonzalez, another excellent game from the rookie cornerback as well. You can clearly see that they've got something special in this guy. Looked terrific again, locking up oftentimes. I'm not sure how often he was in man against Garrett Wilson, who's one of the tougher guys to cover in the NFL or not, all I know is whenever I saw him out there, he looked like he had been in the league for several years and was playing like his job was on the line. That kid is tremendous as well. And big day from the safeties as well for not letting anything get behind them, for doing a great job in coverage because the Patriots were undermanned again at the cornerback position. Jonathan Jones, a scratch again. That's two weeks in a row. Jonathan Jones, the Patriots, sometimes outside corner, sometimes more often than not. Slot corner, their nickel corner, if you will. Excuse me. Uh, a healthy scratch. So you went into this game today with Christian Gonzalez, Miles Bryant, number one, uh, number twenty-seven in Jersey, number one in your heart, and Sean Wade. They, these were your these were your corners. Nobody would have ever thought that. Literally, Jones, Jones, and Jones, Jack, John, 
and Marcus would all be out by week three. Marcus Jones is now on IR with a torn labrum. Jack Jones has at least one more week on the IR. He went out before the season started with a hamstring injury that he <clears throat> happened to come down with just a day or two after the judgment was rendered in his guns brought to the airport felony charge case. And now, of course, we got Jonathan Jones dealing with an ankle injury. How much longer this will keep him out? Nobody knows because, well, he did return to the practice field this week, but obviously was not in game shape. This would have been a tough track for a guy nursing an ankle injury to return to the game with today. But, they, I, you know, credit to these guys as well. How much, how much credit do you give the Patriots' defense on the whole versus how much of that has to just go to the general ineptitude of the Jets' offense? Uh, I give the Patriots credit. They did what they needed to do, but there is no question, as I said earlier, Nathaniel Hackett is playing not to let Zach Wilson screw up. And Mm -hmm. to be fair, it worked. You had a chance to win the game multiple times at the end because Zach Wilson did not turn the ball over. There were no turnovers in this game. We talk about Mack not turning it over to dig an early hole. Well, at no point did Zach Wilson dig the really big hole. He tried. There were a couple questionable throws. There were some turnover-esque plays. But he didn't turn the ball over. But they, they're playing in fear of their quarterback, which I don't understand. I know Robert Sala keeps telling everybody, Zach's our guy. We're rolling with Zach. Go get another quarterback. Go get somebody you trust to actually run a regular pedestrian offense. I'm not saying sling it, but somebody you trust to maybe throw on first down, as Romo was saying, and, and some of those things. Because he he's clueless at times. There, He's missing wide open receivers. He holds on to the ball too long. Mm-hmm. There's those teaser throws every once in a while. But other than that, I don't know what they're doing. This is year three. He's not the guy, and he's wasting a season for you because your defense is good, and you're going to see more of that frustration on the sideline of, of offensive guys. This is going to be a mess for the Jets if they don't make a change. Once again, you are listening to Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo Hart from the Six Rings and Football Things podcast here live on the WEEI Red Sox radio network as well as WEEI-FM in Boston, WEEI.com, and on the Odyssey app with the Six Rings postgame show following the New England Patriots escaping from New York. We probably should have come in with the John Carpenter theme to the iconic 1982 film. Yes, they escaped New York with a... Technically, they, I apologize. They escaped New North New Jersey with a 15-10 to 10 victory over the Jets today. The New England Patriots efficient to start and then caught in the mud, even though it's not mud because it's fake turf full of uh, shredded tire parts as well. In the second half, uh, the New York Jets unable to do anything except for that one 87-yard drive later in the game as well. Jets with some quality defense as well, so hats off to them. You knew they would probably play a good game. You also had a pretty good idea that there would not be a lot of scoring in the game. The weather looked positively much like the fans in the stands, and I'm guessing a lot of the people that had to either listen to the game or especially watch the game from home Pretty miserable, not a thoroughly entertaining watch on a wild Sunday where there were upsets, shockers, points scored all over the place. And there are two teams in the AFC East that absolutely throttled the other two teams in the AFC East today who absolutely throttled their opponents as well. Those being Buffalo, who kicked the crap out of the Washington Commanders and the Miami Dolphins, who in a game that Denver needed to win so Sean Payton could avoid a dangerous, if you will, 0-3 start. Gave up 70 points. I don't remember the last time anyone in college, like anyone in the pros scored 70 points. That's usually reserved for Alabama against Western Nowhere State. I don't understand how, how in the world they possibly could have given up that many points. But, hey, what will you say? What can you do about that? That's neither here nor there as well. Anything else stick out, Andy, from 
a Patriots offensive standpoint? Like, were there any other times where they didn't convert, didn't make a play in the second half? Because it is kind of disappointing on a day where Mac Jones starts playing well in the first half, and you're thinking, all right, so here's, here's, the, here's the narrative of the day. The Mac sucks crowd is going to have to eat a plateful of crow because Mac's going to engineer an efficient game. They were hitting the short passes as well, a couple nice passes to Kendrick Bourne. The run game was working well. And then it just all stalled out at the same time. So now all the same questions that we had to listen to last week. Is Mac the guy? Mac sucks. Mac can't get it done. Mac super efficient. Mac's leading the NFL in touchdowns and yards and, yard and, and attempts per game. I feel like any progress the Patriots could have made, they kind of negated in the second half. So it's really just, hey, we got to win. We're finally on the board. But most of the rest of it is nothing you would write home about. Yeah, I mean, it was mediocre. It was mediocre for a mediocre team, mediocre quarterback. They continued to have stupid little mistakes. Early on, there was that Stevenson drop that was going to be a first down. He just flat out turned his head, dropped mm. it. He's oh, supposed to be one of your drop. playmakers. That can't happen. Like, not the way they're playing now, not in the sort of what they're mired in early in this season. That can't happen. You had that stretch of three consecutive penalties. The one wipes out the throw to Gasicki from Juju Smith-Schuster on the, the mm -hmm. blindside block, then two false starts in a row. Can't have those. You can't be doing that when you are as pedestrian, I guess, as they are right now, mediocre, however you want to describe their offense. And I will say you continue to see Gasicki might be the most impressive athlete on the field for the Patriots, like just watching him run. Because it's not all that impressive to watch any of the other guys run, get open, especially when you want to compare it to any of the truly elites they've either gone against or you're watching highlights of. I mean, th there's just not a spark on their offense. And it, Ramondre should be the spark or Bourne should be the spark. Mm -hmm. But even those guys, every once in a while, excuse me, every once in a while they'll try. But there's no consistent spark or athleticism or energy to the offense. And that is... That's it's who a, they are. Until we see something is. differently, that's who they are. Now, a good defense. We should remember, the Jets are a really good defense. Up front, mm -hmm. back end, they have talent. They can run with you at corner and linebacker. They can pressure you and squash the pocket and do all those things. Mm -hmm. But there's just no spark there for the Patriots. And I just wonder when and where that's going to come. And, I mean, I guess the guys you're counting on are Stevenson to get out of this mm -hmm. little funk he's in. He was in three yards of carry mode again today, 2.8 for the season already. Born, I just where else Douglas? I know he was back out there and had a couple chances, and and you have these throws that are tough to make. Where Mac is throwing to a spot off his back foot, those are that's a tough way to live. That those throws, and so they're just they're continuing to scuffle to start the year. It is what it is. The offensive line played better than I think some would have expected today. Although Cole Strange, oh boy. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly. I'm not sure exactly when we're going to uh, when we're going to uh, weigh in with the final verdict. I know he's only in the first portion of his second year, and he was injured, and this is only his second game back as well. Uh, that's not going great. Nope. Just going to go ahead and say that that's bad that's matchup not for him. Though, remember, bad matchup. Yeah, I know. Williams. Speaking bad of which, matchup. by the way, yeah, but it's always a bad match. God, yeah, on, when you're not honestly, that good, like, it tends to be a bad matchup. Yeah. I seriously like if I want if you know the excuse factory is not necessarily not a store at the Rentham outlets. This is not some place we should constantly be shopping whenever we do the post game show or talk Patriots. Oh, it's a bad matchup. Oh, he's just coming back in the. Oh, they haven't had a chance to communicate well. Like, you shouldn't necessarily just be giving up pressures all the time. And all and also 
penalties driving that they had a third and three and then there was a false start against against Cole Strange and then Mike Unwenu had a false start as well I know we're not as apt to criticize Mike Unwenu as we are Cole Strange because he's had twice the career and also seems to be twice the player in the eyes of a lot of Patriots fans as well the offensive line played a little bit better than I think some would have expected a couple of uh, replays I saw Trent Brown got out into space and just kind of ran didn't hit anybody as well so that was fun to watch I would like to point out that the Touchdown the Patriots scored on the blown coverage to Farrell Brown where he got his giddy up down the sideline 58 yards into the six-point house. Did come. It did come, Andy, when Quinn and Williams got hurt and had to go to the sideline. So kudos for the Patriots' offensive play-calling staff and Bill O'Brien for calling the right kind of play when Quinn and Williams went out and taking advantage of that. Last thing I want to observe as you talk about the lack of spark, the lack of firepower, the lack of energy or zhuzh, whatever you want to call it, um, juju. What are we doing? I mean, how many times on third down are we going to throw to Juju's back shoulder and think that that's going to finally get the Patriots the big conversion they need to ice the game or advance the offense forward and start building confidence? Uh, three games in may be a little, a little too soon to weigh in with a final verdict on the Juju Smith-Schuster signing, but he ain't got it. It's just not there right now. No, and, you know, this was talked about a lot throughout the summer. You know, the old stink, stank, stunk and going back to then and the way things were performing then, his lack of spark then, um, talking about drops and different things. This The Breer comment that um, he's not seen as one of their top five guys or whatever in the opener when everybody's like, why is Booty and Demario Douglas on the field with the game on the line? This is no surprise. Um, they And then in juxtaposition to the Jacoby Myers thing, the reliability, the consistency that he brought to this team over the course of his career here um, – it's it's very disappointing, and that's your addition of the offseason, him and, Gus, and Gasicki. Those are your two additions to the offense to make it better, to, to give Zeke. Mac more weapons. And and what? And Zeke. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it wasn't really the offseason. He was a late addition. He was actually technically <laughs> in the, the preseason. <laughs> right. So, no, when you plan to add to your offense and make it better, you said Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Gasicki. Has either of those guys had a massive impact on this offense for the better? Uh, no. No, they have no. not. No, no, they have like, not. As a matter of so. fact, I thought they were going to get Kasiki going because he had a nice catch early in the game on a well-thrown ball from Mac Jones before either the weather, game script, fatigue, whatever it was, seemed to catch up with Mac's arm, didn't seem to have the same zip on the ball later on, later on as well. Tony Romo, who, by the way, eh, I'm not going to get in the on the Romo bash and whatever else that everyone likes to do, but like... At one point, once they started wondering, like, you know, should the Jets make a replacement at quarterback? The team really seems to be floundering right now. It sounded like Romo was just begging Robert Sala to, like, look up to the booth and just be like, hey, 16, come on down. We need you. He put like he puts on a show at times. I can understand why Romo frustrates people because he's just all over the place. During just the pass had well. so much mustard on it. It's a, I tell you, there was almost ketchup with it, too. And... Ugh, he's terrible. Oh, my God. He's the the most Andy, overpaid man in all of sports. A million dollars a week to do yep. that. To do, Literally to do the most overpaid man. He he accomplishes nothing. He brings nothing to his job, and he makes a million dollars every time he shows up. It is. Oh talk about running backs being pissed off about oh contracts in the NFL. They should be pissed off about that. This guy oh. does nothing, and he makes a million a day unbelievable 
Nick Stevens, Andy Hart, the Six Rings postgame show, live on WEEI during the Red Sox rain delay. We are usually scheduled for immediately after the Patriots game, of course, but there is a Red Sox rain delay right now, which is why the Six Rings postgame show is coming to you across the entirety of the Red Sox radio network. We are going commercial-free right now as we are waiting to find out when Bill Belichick will take to the podium. Should someone else take to the podium first, we will cut to a commercial break, and then we will come back and bring you Bill Belichick and Mac Jones. Once again, our pal Christian Fourier will check in later on the program, as well as WEI beat reporter Mike Cadlick, who got the treat of actually getting to go to Jet Life Stadium in North Jersey today and speak with some of the Patriots players in the locker room and cover his first Pats Jets game for WEI as well. Uh, Chad Ryland and Bryce Barringer, Andy, the two new specialists. Uh, Barringer yeah. had a pretty solid day, although I have to say, the most impressive punt I think I've seen in the NFL. Now, I understand you get a you get a walk-up with it as well after Matt Judon's safety, so maybe that gave him that a little extra uh, momentum, if you will. That kick by Tom Morstead the, on the free kick from the 20-yard line, which drove Miles Bryant all the way back to the five, was one of the biggest boomsticks I have seen a punter, a free kicker, whomever make. I mean, at, at that point, if he just kicks it 45 yards... Miles Bryant has it at the 30 or something, maybe even the 35, wherever. And it's a different it's a different scenario for the Patriots when they are trying to ice the game. Spoiler alert, they didn't. It went all the way down to the failed Hail Mary in the last second off Randall Cobb's hands. Uh, that was a massive kick. But how did you think the rookie special teamers did today? Uh, I thought they were good. I think Ryland's issues are in part the um, operation. I thought Joe Cardona struggled with a couple snaps that led to questionable holds, that led to misses, or at least contributed to misses. And as you oh, said, there was a laces in you, right? It'd be also nice if he ever got to attempt a kick inside of forty-eight yards. I mean, yeah. that that is allowed in the the rule book. Uh, but no, I thought they were. Uh, I thought they were okay. I thought they held their own. And you know, you, Thomas Morstead, you call him Tom. Most of us call, us, call him Thomas. Um, uh, is a legend in Bill Belichick's mind. And I, wish I cared about that. He's a good player. And uh, I mean, if he kicked it 45 yards in that situation, I think it's a terrible kick because I would like to see our guy Beringer. Well, I don't mm -hmm. really want to see him do it because that means Mac got sacked for a safety. But I'd like to see him do it because I think he would crush a ball, too. I think he could kick it more than 75 yards or whatever the hell Morstead did. Yeah, I mean, if you kick it more, much, if you kick it five yards more than 80 than 75 yards, then it's kind of a moot point at that point. But that was the kind of like. Very few times did you see anybody make anything resembling a not I won't say a game changing play, but the kind of play that kept the team in the game. You know, there were screen passes by both teams. Brees Hall had a bad one dropped, not on the last drive, but I think the the penultimate drive by the Jets. Again, it's difficult. You're playing on slick track. The ball is soaking wet. Uh, it's a pretty miserable day to be out there, let alone to be playing football as well. And you're not good. I don't think either team is very good right now. They're fine. How, They're in that no. middle meh, as we talk about it, that middle meh of the NFL. I was actually thinking about it. If you were being honest, Fitzy, and you were a player on the Patriots, uh -huh. and I know you invest a lot into these, and winning is the only thing that matters, would you be truly aw-yang Matthew Slater when how do we feel about coming to New York and getting a win, or would you be a little bit like, wow, we kind of oh, got lucky? I don't know that yeah, I would just be... Like, all like, in. hey, how do we feel about getting our first win when we tried to give the opponent several chances yeah. to get back in and steal it? Okay. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I don't know how great That's I feel about it. That's what I'm saying. These, like, and people when you're are going to give us a hard time. 
when your offensive line stinks and your quarterback isn't that good and it's wet and rainy out and you don't have great weapons. Now, they have better weapons than you, playmakers, but I just think there's some mediocrity in both defenses. That's another issue I think both Mm -hmm. these teams are going to go down the road of, like these divides where it's like the defenses are good and the defenses are doing their jobs and the offenses aren't, and all of a sudden you get kind of that separation in the locker room.